Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in April of 2023. And welcome to episode 109, What's the Student Paper Trail? It's like the <laughs> Oregon Trail. What? <laughs> right? With the dysentery and all that. Yeah, that's part of this. It, it really, really <laughs> is. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, first, I want to give a shout out to two people who I admire so much in the math universe. Same. One is Sunil Singh and the other mm-hmm. is Joe Bowler. Mm-hmm. So I'm now I'm like getting emotional about this. And this is a tweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Sunil wrote a few days ago, by the time this comes out, you know, a week or two ago, seven years ago yesterday, I saw at Joe Bowler for the first time, What her detractors always, always, always dismiss are the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have benefited from her work. When you attack her, you also attack the teachers that have benefited greatly. So, of course, I liked that tweet. And then I replied to that tweet and said, I wouldn't be the teacher I am today if it wasn't for at Joe Bowler. I read What's Math Got to Do With It 15 years ago, and I have continued to be a learner. Hashtag your 31 teacher. Now, here's the thing. Joe Bowler liked my tweet. (laughs) I know. You texted me when it happened. (laughs) I was was dying a little bit on the inside. And it also... I listened to Vanessa's podcast. It's the yes. Math Guru one. Yeah. And I'll link that in the show notes too with her. It was like a 15-minute clip. Snip with, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of her interviewing Joe Bowler. And I have to say that I've listened to that full twice. Like I'm probably going to listen to it again. And, okay, everybody knows that I'm a hugger. And, of course, I mean, if I saw Joe Bowler – I, I would die a little bit, but of course mm-hmm. I'd want to hug her because first of all, she's a person, right? But second of all, she is so amazing and I admire everything that she puts out. It's just phenomenal, okay? Yeah. But now I want to hug her for a third reason because I want to hug her to let her know that when people come after her, she's coming after me. They're, they're coming after me too. Right. Like that I want to hug her and be like, I've got you. I've got yeah. your back. I'm on your side. And, yeah. and just like Sunil said, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of us. Absolutely. That have her back. And I really I, want her to know that. Yeah. I I could not agree with you more. I mean, for me, it wasn't. I'm sorry to say I still haven't read that book. You gave it to you gave me a copy of the what what's math got to do with it. I still haven't read it, but I read Limitless Mind. And that well, and you read Mathematical Mindsets before yes. that. Yes. 
and mathematical mindsets. So I've read both of those books and they like just like what you said have completely changed the way that I perceive math education and and learning like what it means to learn. I I mean there's not much else to say. Yes, Joe, we've got your back. A thousand percent. Yeah, and there's so many more of us that also have your back. And I'm sorry for everything that you've had to endure. You know, I know. If you ever do listen to this, I, I mean, it's just, it is insane what she's had to go through. I know. And, and like, what? Over math? Yeah. Over yeah. math. Over mm-hmm. great math instruction. Yeah. yeah. You can tell, like, I'm so fired up, right? So I'm going to try to whew, calm myself down <laughs> because it's just, it's like people are attacking one of my close personal friends. You know, right. never met her, <laughs> but right. that's how right. I feel. Like, I feel like a mama bear. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to relax now and say a little reflection. I forgot to tell everybody that I posted in last week's show notes, and I'm going to post it in this week's show notes, the Building Thinking Classrooms conference registration link. If you want to attend in Indiana, it's in Franklin, Indiana. June 29th and 30th of 2023. That's Keep Indiana Learning. That's the the people that are putting this conference on. It's going to be their inaugural BTC conference. Oh, that's so awesome. I know. Mm. I can't. Man. Wait. Like I can't wait to record after when you come back from that. It's going to be I'm going to be on a high, so aren't good. I? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be so good. It's going to be fire. It is going to be fire. Uh, for me, for my good news, what I wanted to to say is I was very excited. I used in a in a one on one kind of conference math math conference, I guess I'm going to call it. I used the over strategy for multiplication with a student. It was a it was a homework question that was review, and it was like it was something like 29 times 16. Okay, and uh, the student had like no idea how to even tackle this. Okay. So I'm like, well, what if we did, and I created like a little problem string from it, right? Like what if we did like three times 16? Would you be able to tell me what three times? I think I even started with two times 16, two times 16. And then can you tell me what three times 16 is? And then can you tell me what 30 times 16 is? And then I said, well, hmm, if we know what 30 times 16 is, do you think we could figure out what 29 times 16 is? And he was able to see that very quickly, actually. So I was very impressed. So he he like got it. He saw that and he was like, oh, well, it's just whatever the answer was. I don't know. 16 um, less than whatever 16 the 16 less than, than 30 times 16. And I was like, yeah, that's it. And he's like, oh, that's all I had to do. I said, yeah, that's all you had to do. And the good news is – when we encountered another problem that was very similar to that, it was a it was a nineteen times I don't know thirty eight or something. He actually did the same thing. <gasps> yes, so it was it was one of those woohoo, <laughs> like not just that we did it that one time, but that it stuck and he did it again. So that's my good news. That's a good wow. one. Yeah. Uh, you just made me change what I was going to say for my good news for this week. Oh, and really? Yeah, you did. I literally crossed it off and I wrote doubling and having with teachers at FOF book club. So today, the day that we're recording this, we had our mini 
book club meeting Friday afternoon. Do you believe that teachers stay with me Friday after school? It's a beautiful thing. For book club, right? So it's the Figuring Out Fluency book. And the, the teachers that were there, there were, well, six came, but then two had to leave right away because they got pulled out. So there were four teachers there. Only one teacher teaches the bigs and the other three teach the littles. Okay. Okay. And with the chapter we were talking about, one of the things was about doubling and having. So Which they didn't know what it was. They had, of course, they had no clue. So I wrote up on the board forty-eight times twenty-five because it was the first problem in the book of strategize first jumps. Remember that episode? I was like, "What in the world is yes. that called?" And Jenny told me what it was. And so I'm on yes. that chapter with the smaller book club on Fridays. And when I asked somebody, you know, did, you know, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And they're like, stack it and do, you know, standard algorithm. And yeah, yeah. I said, do any of these numbers, do either of these numbers, like, do they, are they screaming something at you? And one of the teachers said, well, I know that 425s is 100. I was like, huh. So I wrote times 100 under the times 25. And I was like, I wonder what would happen then with the 48. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting because, you know, I have excellent wait time. Yeah. And I, it was either they were afraid or they didn't know. They didn't, you know, know what to say or were afraid to say it. And so I said, let's back up a little. And I said, what if and I said, you know, if we double and then we have this and blah, 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 and it ended up being 12 times 100. And I was like, can you solve that? And they were like, yeah. And one of the teachers says, no, it's not. So she literally wrote out 48 times 25 and figured it out traditional, right? Standard algorithm way. And she's like, oh my gosh, it is. So apparently I had used the exact same problem a few weeks ago with the larger book club because it was still on the board. My drawing was still on the board and I had drawn out 48 circles and I had written 25 in the first circle. And I remember telling the first group, I'm like, I'm not writing 25 in all these, in all 48 circles. (laughs) No. I was like, but can you imagine this? And they said, yeah. And then I took another color Expo marker and I cut it in half. And I said, I don't want to deal with 48. I'm going to have the 48 and make it 24. So what's going to happen to each circle then? And they're like, it's going to be doubled. And I was like, yeah. So instead of 25, there's 50. And so I'm showing the other people because I had color coded it. Thank God I did. Right. Right. And then we get to, okay, I'm going to cut the 24 in half and I'm going to double the 50 and we get 12 circles with 100 in it. And one of the teachers said, okay, I didn't understand it when you just wrote the numbers, but when you showed me visually, I totally understood it. Right. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. And I drew up the CRA triple Venn diagram. And I said, you know, about the sweet spot and how we need to do all three at the same time. We're building the bridges like Mike Flynn tells us and everything. So they got to learn something today that they had. And I was like, oh, sorry, it was about strategizing first steps. So, and then I went back to that, but I got to show them a strategy that they, listen, we talked about how none of us, even the youngest one there got out of high school. I think she said 10 or 12 years ago, she had never seen this strategy. Of course not, because it was, she was in high school when Common Core came out. And I was like, yeah, of course you didn't. But even when we first started teaching with Common Core state standards, we had no idea what we were doing. Right. So yeah, that was, that was really, really fun today. 
So that's, that's awesome. My, that's my good news. Okay, Karina, let's get into today's topic about what's the student paper trail. <laughs> and I'm laughing because you and I talked about the paper trail before we started. Yeah. And we came up with a 12-step paper trail for <laughs> paper. One piece of paper for <laughs> each student. Here we go. All right. All right. So the first part is really you have to plan. Yeah. For I mean, as a teacher, you got to figure out what it is you want to teach, how you want to get information back from the kids and everything. Yeah. So that's always step one. (laughs) Yeah. And not all sheets are worthy of being used, are not all made equally. I was just going to say. (laughs) Right? They're not all equal. No TPP. I'm sorry. Yeah. Had a cough there. Okay. So the second step is you have to find or create the worksheet. And I'm right. just going to call it a worksheet, whether it's a quiz, a test, a, a an essay prompt you want them to just, I'm calling it a worksheet. Yeah. An exit ticket, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then the third thing is you have to either download and print it or go get that hard copy from your filing cabinet. Not mine, Karina, but yours. So hard copies for that kind of stuff. Remember, I keep everything electronic. Oh, so it's right. actually, right. It's actually after... Uh, so, but I'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, no, everything, if I'm going to use it, it's going to be, if if I don't have an original, it's being scanned and it's being, being placed in a folder of a, inside a folder, inside a folder, like I was ta- telling you last yeah. week in my Google Drive. And it's going to be separated by units. I usually separate those by units. So like unit one, unit two, unit three. But what about like, okay, a 10 frame or a... Um, So I have another folder that's like teacher resources or beginning of the year because I like to print all that stuff at the beginning of the year and then hand it out, like give them like a almost like a math kit, you know, before they start. So I have a place value. I mean, the place value chart is needed. You cannot make it through fifth grade without that. So place value chart, 10 frame, uh, grids. Thinking of the littles, though, you're not going to hand the littles a, a math resource kit. You know, at the beginning of the year. Right, right. And I, and obviously I introduce all the things, you know, like I don't, it's not just. Right. Here, here you go. Here, here you go. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I've introduced this now in your, in your small, in our small group. Now let's put it in your math folder with sheet protectors in order to keep it. So I might be ahead of myself here Halfway where we're going. Decent. No, no, no. Yeah. I, that's good because I think math resources like that. Like templates and things yeah. that they're going to use, um, that's a that's a whole different category. But we're just right. talking about like student work that you're going to hand out and get back from them. Right. But since right? we're on this topic, I also just want to say <laughs> you can also create in Google Drive a shortcut that creates a link to another to where it is somewhere else. So for example, so let's say, let's say I have my 10 frame in my teacher resource folder, okay. but I know that in unit, in my multiplication unit mm-hmm. with with decimals, I am going to want to have 10 frames accessible. One thing I can do is create a short, if you right click on the file, mm-hmm. it says create a shortcut and then place that shortcut in your other play, in your other location, so that you have it there, and you can still double click and open that same file. So can it's you like do that two, multiple times. Like yeah. if I want, okay. So if I want to put that ten frame in five different units, totally, that shortcut yep. can live there. 
Yep. Okay, good. So the fourth thing is you actually make the copies, which that's a whole thing. And we could probably have a whole podcast episode about copiers and when they jam and <laughs> the long lines oh and that's you, you that's forgot like, to make that copy and it, it's 30 seconds before you have to go pick up the class like that could definitely be its own episode yeah that's the that's the nightmare that's the stuff of nightmares i don't know if we want to have that conversation know, right the the out of staples oh i hate that that's oh. the worst for can i just say that's the worst for hours because when i send a job to the printer once you've printed it you've lost it it's gone right so let's say i'm i'm printing out assessments and they're being stapled for, and copied front front to back and then it says out of staples or out of toner in the middle of the job. I, I there's nothing I can do other than like just delete the job and then take either what I already have and copy whatever I need left or go back to my classroom, print out again what I need so that I have the complete set. Like that's the worst part. Although I have gone smarter and just stolen the staples out of other printer, <laughs> other photocopiers and just place them in there so that my job can continue. So that is my tip for that. Find out how to um, remove the staplers and just switch it because it happens to me quite a bit. Do you also know that our copiers can hole punch? Yes which I did not know that feature until I think last year, the year before. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So after you make the copies, now the fifth thing is you have to figure out where you're going to store the copies until you actually need them. Right. What's your storing suggestion? So again, it goes for me, it goes into the file cabinet. So it's just in the hanging files and with a sticky of whatever it is that's labeled and then it goes in there. Now, I, I have to admit, I'm not very good because I make my slides the day before. I'm not like at night when I'm home because there's no time during the day. I'm not very good at photocopying ahead of time. Okay. I'm, I'm one of those that will photocopy for the day and... That morning. That, that morning. Yeah. So what I've done, though, is <laughs> this is what I do. This just works for me. <laughs> I send myself an email that's subject line print and upload all the things, all the files, so that the links are all there of everything I need to print for that day. And then I'm not like going all over the place, but it's all linked. And then it's just open, print, open, print, open, print, open, print. And you're genius. You're, you're well, a genius. You. Like, thank you. But it it just sits there, and I don't open it because I do have my email on my phone. So I'm very aware not to open that email mm -hmm. so that it pops up at the top of my email, right, for the next day. And then okay. that's it. And then if I need, if I don't know like where it is, I just search print because it's always the subject line, print, and then by there date. It is. There it is. Okay. Yeah. That. That is brilliant. I love that. Um, I, I'm sure you can figure out how I store my copies. <laughs> In a pile? <laughs> yes. Okay, so step six of this paper trail is hand out the copies to the children. Now, personally, I don't do here's one for you, one for you, one for you. If the kids are all sitting at a table and there's, yeah. you know, four kids at a table, I'll count out four, hand it to one kid. I try to train them from day one. You keep one yes. and the rest to the next person. Same thing if they're in a row or 
a column or wherever. Yeah, same. Even if they're on the carpet, I'll just take a handful and say, here, take one, pass the rest back. Here. And I just do it random because I don't have time to hand one copy to each child. No. So I do the same. One, two, three, four. Here's your, for your table, make sure, hand it out for your table. One, two, three, four, hand it out to your table. That's much faster. Uh, But I do have, it's a job for me. So I use classroom economy, right? So they, everybody has a job because then they get paid, they get their paycheck and they get, you know, they pay rent, the whole thing. Uh, So it's a job. So they do that. However, I do need to teach. I think that's part of something that I need to teach my paper distributor is to do the same thing because they do right. get stuck at one each person. One, and but, yeah. and you would think that see, watching me do it, <laughs> they would put two and two together. Oh, Mrs. Cousins is much faster at handing out paper. Why is that? Hmm. No, one by so one. I just want to put like a 6B here because once the paper gets handed out, the children must, must, must put their name on yeah. the said paper. <laughs> I mean, and oh, I yeah. try to use positive reinforcement with that. Oh my gosh, look. Oh, Anthony put his name on the paper and I didn't even ask him to. Okay, you can get away with that with the littles. Um, middle and high school, I'm sure not so much, but kind of like, hey, thanks, Anthony, for putting your name on the paper before yeah. I even asked. Like different tone, but still the same message. Right, right. Yeah. And... <laughs> And just be aware that when you model with your own name, you will have a few papers that have your name on it too. Yes, that is oh so true. So the the seventh step of this paper trail process is getting the copies back. So after the said children have written their name on their paper, please God, and filled in whatever said paper is with whatever information you wanted on it now the next step is actually to get the paper back from the kids so what's your go-to for that because i can see lots of problems happening just with that scenario to try to collect all the papers yeah (laughs) one is i pick them up one by one as the children finish right uh so it depends on I feel like it depends on like the time of day and where where we are. So like let me give an example. If I were to be leaving the door, I would have them line like leaving for fine arts. Yes. I would have them line up and bring their paper and put it in a basket or give it to me. Right. Because then you know you're getting you're receiving a paper from each kid cuz this is the other thing, right? Those kids who have not finished, they tend to like hide it and put it underneath a, a notebook or put it in, in another folder so that then it's like this paper that has never been received and never been given back to you. And then they think they get away from not being graded or not being looked at or whatever it is. Um, yeah, we know those tricks, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they think they're yes. so clever, but they're really like, I know what you're doing. They are So not. if there's a way, right, like if you're transitioning to the carpet, okay, bring me your paper as you mm-hmm. sit on the carpet, I'm going to take your paper. Or put it in, I have a classwork bin for math mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one, a basket, a bigger, larger basket for reading because for reading, I also like to collect their notebooks every now and then. Okay. So then that way I can just stack them in there and then, mm-hmm. but I do the same kind of thing. Okay, you're going to the carpet, you bring it over. 
And then as they're coming over to the carpet, they're putting their notebook in the basket. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm visually watching them do it because – You have to. You – that's a solid must. Okay. Because I'm not going to – I have a whole bunch of checklists too, but I am not going to go through my checklist every single time. Oh, heck no. Like, right, like afterwards, after the fact. And because then I'm chasing kids around for their paper. Where's your paper on this? Well, that was two days ago, Mrs. Cousins. Well, I – this is when I'm looking at it. So where's your paper? Well, and that brings us to step number eight. When you said two days ago, that's that's not bad because my eighth step says you put it in your teacher bag or it sits on your desk for a week. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, yes. that's reality that yes. we know that's that happens on occasion, and- <laughs> on occasion. Right? And let's be honest that a week is pretty good still. <laughs> it re- and it depends on what was handed in, yeah. right? And is it near the end of the quarter or, you know, progress report time? Or And some papers are more important than others. Yeah. And sometimes that said pile might get knocked off and accidentally fall into like the recycle bin, right? Absolutely. Okay. So after the paper sits in your teacher bag for a week or on your desk, then step nine is to quote unquote grade it, right? Score it or whatever you need to do to capture the thoughts of the children of whether or not they know something. Right. Okay. So step 10 is do we it. want to talk about that? We don't want to talk oh, about that. We're skipping do, that. Well, we can. What do you want to talk about grading it or scoring I mean, it? Or- that is a whole I that's a big whew, that's a big one because I I think we also have to give each our, ourselves grace that everything that we collect doesn't need to be graded or scored no. or viewed. Like you said, like just if if you're better off not looking at it, just throw it out. It's fine. Right. It's okay that kids worked on something and you don't look at it. It really is. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, that shouldn't be a norm, but on occasion when the pile gets way too big, right? you know, something's got to give. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? Time is the only thing we cannot ever get more of. Right. We can get more money. We can get more clothes. We can get this, that, whatever. But time mm-mm, can yeah. never get more time. No. So, yeah. Is that is that enough about grading it? Because I, I think so. I, I just yeah. want to, I guess maybe I just want to add to that when I do it, I'm thinking more specifically to like exit tickets and all of those little things, right? Yes. Those little papers. Because the, I usually do like a half sheet. I don't do a full sheet for exit tickets. So that can, can sometimes get lost in the, in the piles. Mm-hmm. I just like to use like to write it down as an anecdotal kind of thing where I have, you know, a grid, a, a four by six or whatever it is with all the students' names on it and just a table that I've created, mm-hmm. open template, and every year I just write their names in it. And so that way when I have something and I print out a whole bunch of these right. so that I can just c- grab whenever I need. And if I'm – like whatever I'm noticing, that's what I write down. And then that I bring to my small group so that I know, oh – well, this kid, when they're multiplying something by a zero, right, or drops the zero in the standard algorithm or something like that, you know, right, like, right. Or, or teach like something like like what I was referring to in my good news, teach the over strategy to this child because they struggled with a 29 times 16, right? And you want to see if they use it again kind of thing. Right. Yeah. 
So um, sometimes we don't even collect papers. So we're going to we're going to talk about that in just a second. But so after we grade it, step 10 is we need to get it back to the students somehow. What's your system from that? Because I, I know like I've done mailboxes, like student mailboxes, where I'll just put their papers in and then it's up to them to come collect it, which that yeah, did not doesn't happen. work very well <laughs> for me. No. Uh, no, I don't have mailboxes. I never have just because storage wise, it's just it. it is a lot of space in a room. Yes. So I just, if something needs to be distributed again, my paper passer, again, will just go, I just say here, or split the pile between two and then go hand that out, break, give it back to those people. Uh, and then from there, where it goes, it depends. If it's a smaller, like an exit ticket type of thing, it might get glued into a notebook. Okay, so you're jumping ahead. Because okay, sorry. Step, no, that's fine, because step 11 says students have to put it in a particular place. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to tell them where you want it to be put. You know, they Absolutely. really don't, they and don't not, know. It's not even just tell, you must model, model. it. <laughs> model it. Model, model, model. So if I, like, I loved the binder system when I taught. We'd have dividers, and I would literally pick up the binder every time and say to my fifth graders, go to the tab that says, whatever, math. Yeah. Flip that open. Now take all the papers that are in math, turn yeah. it over. That's where you're going to put. And I, I tried to do like a table of contents with them and have them even number the paper. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it took a lot of time, but to me, it was so worth it. Yeah. Because we're teaching them organizational strategies. Stop laughing, mom, because I know that you're, you're totally laughing, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I have my organizational system. It's pile. It works for you. It works it, for you. It really does. Okay. And then the very last part of that paper trail is at the end of the quarter or trimester or semester or year, it needs to go home. Now, when I say go home... We also know that that could also mean the trash can yeah. for students, right? Or the recycle bin. Hopefully, at least it makes it to the recycle bin. But what do they do with all of that paper? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... I like, we think it's so important. Oh, my gosh, they have to keep this. And, and oh, you can use this again. You're never going to look at it again. No, it ends up in the trash. But that is a decision for a lot of the stuff. I think it's a decision that is made at home. You yes. just send it home and then let the, let the parents decide and be done. Yeah. So like notebooks, textbooks, all of that. I send all that stuff home. What they do with it, I don't really care at that point. It's up to them. But you, you I, got me thinking, though. I yeah. think in my son's room, now remember, he's off to college now in his freshman right. year. I truly believe if I go into his room – I will find his backpack from his senior year and stuff Filled. will still be in there. I'm I, right. after this recording, I'm so going to go look. <laughs> I think I think in my kids' closets, they still have their like notebooks from second grade and third grade. Yeah. Well, third grade Alex is still in, but yeah, they definitely have their past notebooks. And and I think that some, I mean, you know, I want to think I want to think that the science notebook that I create with kids is something that is useful. But you're, I know you're shaking your head, Laura. But I like to think so. Can you just give me that? We all like to think that everything we teach is important and that they were going to look at it again. 
But in reality, they're not. Yeah, they they're don't. not. So should we go over the 12 step? One more time. Plan? Sure. Okay. From For the student paper trail. Here we go. Number one, the teacher plans. Two, find or create the worksheet. Three, download and print or copy it. Uh, you know, get the copy from the filing cabinet. Four, make the copies. Five, store the copies. Six, hand out the copies. Seven, get the copies back. Eight, let them sit in your teacher bag or on the desk for a week. Nine, grade it. (laughs) 10, give it back to the students. 11, this is the most important part. Teach the students where to put that piece of paper. And 12, at the end of the quarter, semester, trimester, year, send it home. Yep. Yep. Bravo. Okay. So listeners, your challenge for this week is to let us know of our 12-step student paper trail, if we're missing anything, or if we could be more effective in one area or another. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag LearningThroughMath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.